When he walked away, he was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let go. I find it hard to believe that the man in question had lived an absolutely perfect, blameless life. And I'm sure that Jesus was not fooled. Our Lord's parting shot was, follow me. Two simple words which say so much. I reckon that every sermon you've ever heard, any sermon that's ever been devised, can be summarised by those two short words. Follow me, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Basically, follow me. Follow me in the good times. Follow me when you are struggling. Follow me when you've messed up big time. The good news is that it's never too late to follow Jesus. But do it now. So in spite of your failings, in spite of how good or bad you are at keeping the Ten Commandments, how good are you at following Jesus? And I say that to myself too. We, we've been looking specifically at the Eighth Commandment this morning, and that can involve stealing money, stealing time if you're doing other things during the time when your employer is paying you to do the work assigned to you, cheating with your tax declaration. You can think of many ways which you can steal. In recent times, we've been reminded of the times when this country benefited from the slave trade, effectively stealing the lives of other people. It was interesting, at the Shrewsbury Folk Festival this year, there was a band called, called Stolen from God, with readings and songs relating to the slave trade. Isn't it interesting there? There's a spiritual element there, isn't there? And there's a reference, a clear reference to the Ten Commandments implied in that name, stolen from God. Some say we should make restitution, compensate other countries for the harm inflicted on them. And then what about the cultural exhibits which end up in the British Museum? And indeed other museums across the land which were, if we're honest, stolen from abroad? Or is it enough to apologise? Does it make any sense to apologise for theft, which happened years ago, for which we're not responsible? I shan't pursue that further, as the issue lies beyond the scope of this short talk, and I'll leave it to you to ponder and work out your response. Nevertheless, I would insist that the issue is certainly theft, and it's a violation of the Eighth Commandment. <clears throat> How do we respond if we feel we're guilty of stealing, now or in the past? I'd like to point you to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, mentioned in Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. In those days, it was recognised that tax, tax collectors took advantage of people. Indeed, it would be true to say they took too much tax. In other words, they stole from the people. Nothing has changed, you may say. But 
This is what Zacchaeus said. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Now, we know very little about Zacchaeus as far as I know, and his dramatic conversion is compressed into a mere ten verses in Scripture. But it's true to say that his encounter with Jesus changed his life in a most spectacular way, and he did his best to put right the wrong he'd done in the past. To what extent has knowing Jesus changed our outlook on life and the way we live? Are there ways that we can put right actions which we now regret? As I say, we've concentrated today on the Eighth Commandment. Don't steal. But if we go through the list of all Ten Commandments, how would we score? Don't forget that Jesus died on the cross between two thieves. And the Bible says that Jesus was crucified. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And one of the thieves hanging right next to him said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, what he says to all who trust in him, you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that encouraging? It's never too late to turn to God and seek forgiveness, whatever your circumstances may be. The past is gone, and we can't do anything to change that, no matter how hard we try. And the future isn't here yet, so we can't do anything about that either, which means we've only got the present, so the time to act is now. So, if there are times when you know you've fallen short, you can confess your failings, accept God's forgiveness, and move on. I'd like to leave you with a a meditation from Michel Quast, who you may or may not have heard of. Uh, He was a French priest from Le Havre in the north of France. And his book, uh, Prayers of Life, I don't know whether you can see that, was uh, very popular in the 1960s. I think it was written in about 1954. And for the sake of time, I've abbreviated the passage, but it's a book I recommend that you read, whether you buy a copy, borrow one, uh, I won't won't say steal it, it, um, (laughs) um, or seek it out online. Uh, Michel wrote it in French, but you'll be pleased to know that I'm going to read from the English translation. Here it is. I have fallen, Lord, once more. I can't go on. I'll never succeed. I'm ashamed. I don't dare look at you. And yet I struggled, Lord, for I knew you were right near me, bending over me, watching But temptation blew like a hurricane, and instead of looking at you, I turned my head away. I stepped aside while you stood silent and sorrowful, like the spurned lover who sees his loved one carried off by his rival. Now I've missed a chunk. I forgot you because I was thinking of myself, and one can't think of several persons at once. One must choose... And I chose. 
and your voice and your look and your love hurt me. They weigh me down. They weigh me down more than my sin. Lord, don't look at me like that, for I'm naked. I'm dirty. I am down, shattered, with no strength left. I dare make no more promises. I can only stand bowed before you. And God responds, come, son, look up. Isn't it mainly your pride that is wounded? If you loved me, you would grieve. But you would trust. Do you think that there's a limit to God's love? Do you think that for a moment I stopped loving you? But you still rely on yourself, son. You must rely only on me. Ask my pardon and get up quickly. You see, it's not falling that is the worst, but staying on the ground. It's not falling that is the worst, but staying on the ground. That was Michel Quast, who lived from 1918 to 1997. So I ask you, as, as indeed I ask myself, if you've fallen, and we all have, are you staying on the ground? Or have you confessed your failings, accepted God's forgiveness, and moved on? As I said earlier, the past is gone. Can't do anything to change that, no matter how hard we try. The future isn't here yet, so we can't do anything about that either which means we only have the present. So the time to act is now. Remember that Jesus said, follow me. Are, you doing, are we doing that? And how are we putting it into practice? You should have received my sheet, points to ponder, but I gather you haven't received it, in which case you'll probably receive it, receive it on Monday morning. But what, what, I'll tell you what it actually says. Uh, it just says we've concentrated on the Eighth Commandment, don't steal, but if we go through all Ten Commandments, how do we score? And Jesus said, follow me, are we doing that, and how are we putting it into practice? Thank you. Amen. Just give a moment of quiet, shall we? Just to uh, reflect what I've been saying to us and um, to dwell on uh, God's call for us to depend on Him for all things. Let's just give a moment of quiet. 